Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck, the most hated Thompson, with me as always, the favorite, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going today, Chuck? Well, not as good as it is for you. That's true. That's probably just another true. day. It's just another Tuesday, honestly. It's been a busy Tuesday. You know, I was putting together the list of stuff to, to talk about today, and I ended up having to cut out a few things because there were there were quite a few stories I thought were worth us talking about today on the on the podcast. So we're going to be covering some news, some stuff that's going on. We got a little bit of libertarian party, I don't know, libertarian party strategy thing with this whole Marjorie Taylor Greene and Shane Hazel dust up that happened on Twitter yesterday. She called him out. That's sure to take him down, you know, yeah. just call, calling him out. That's what's going to happen. All, all the people who don't even know who he is now know who he is. <laughs> we got the we got the trial of Juicy Smoothie going on, still happening. Oh, nice. So that that's still going right now. The U.S. is not going to be sending any diplomats to the China Olympics in protest to human rights violations. And a little bit of talk about that. And... Um, Let's see. What else did we have in the list? Just Even so though I they could... probably want to emulate China on their COVID restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that can be said on on both sides yeah. with this. Um, I mean, how many people on the left want to drag you know people out of their homes and shoot them for not being vaccinated? Probably more than we would like. Yeah, I, more than you would imagine. It's more than zero. Yes, but I would say it's a small fraction that would actually do the. The shooting of the people. They just want to put them in some kind of camp, something like if that. If they saw it on video, they would cheer. We'll put yeah. it that way. Inside, they would probably feel okay about it. I think they might loudly. You cheer. think they would loudly cheer? I think so. There would be applause. There, there would. Well, there would be. Let's uh, let's talk about this whole thing then, real quick, while we're going on about it. Well, why don't you tell the new listeners what they should do? Well, what they should do is first off, smash follow on their phone you mm-hmm. got to smash that follow button on whatever tyrannical podcast app you're using and then also if you want to chat with us live while the podcast is going on then go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com join for as little as five bucks a month and you also get to vote on fridays for dumb bleep of the week you're restricted right now but we will release the restrictions if you pay it's a poll tax is actually what it is you pay the five dollar poll tax on locals and then you can vote on fridays All right, from Washington Post, the WAPO, an appointed snub, no U.S. government official will attend the Beijing Winter Olympics. The U.S. will not send President Biden or any U.S. governmental official to the Beijing Winter Olympics in February to protest China's human rights abuses, the White House announced. The diplomatic boycott does not affect the ability of American athletes to participate in the game. So that's one thing people I noticed on Twitter weren't reading into it to see. They are not sending diplomats, but we're still participating in the Olympics. The administration in March declared China's treatment of the Uyghur Muslims a genocide. U.S. diplomatic, this is a quote, U.S. diplomatic or official representation would treat these games as business as usual in the face of China's egregious human rights abuses and atrocities in Xinjiang, and we simply can't do that. Jen Psaki said, the athletes on Team USA have our full support. We will, we will be behind them 100% as we cheer, for them, uh, cheer them on from home. 
Officials in Australia, Canada, and Europe have been debating the issue. Now, I mean, listen, it's not, it's not exactly the same thing. We can't compare apples and oranges here, but you think Australia's got a real strong leg to stand on when they're like, China, we can't go to China. They're putting people in camps. Human rights violations. You can't do that. Yeah. Putting people in camps. You're not allowed to. Oh, crap. We have camps. But as Amanda here says, there's, yeah, no problem. If you need money to modify viruses, no problem. We'll yeah. Send you extra of those. That's totally fine. Yeah. In lieu of what we would pay mm-hmm. for everyone to go to China, we will send you money instead to I fund mean, your labs. I, honestly, you should regard these diplomatic officials. As heroes. They are. I mean, what a courageous stand mm. to make that you're not going to attend the Olympics. Not going to go. Yeah. How about that? They're not They're sending... <laughs> taking um, a courageous stand. How brave. It, it is very brave to not do something. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. That's, and, that's what I think most of, bravery. Of course, what you know, when I first saw this, I was like, okay, give credit where credit's due. Let's say that this is a good virtue signal at least or at least some type of good step and maybe it will lead other countries to do the same thing so it's just a little tiny amount of credit if it is due right there that they are saying something making some kind of statement china has vowed a retaliation on this said that the u.s is going to pay for this and more info to come later we'll see maybe they a new variant we're still going <laughs> um <laughs> So we will be there. They're going. Um, what did they say? What did they say? They, well, that's that's basically all they had to also, say. Also, what do the diplomats do at the games? They're not the app. What do they do? They just take pictures, and it, it's by going there. You know, you're just showing respect to the nation that's hosting the Olympics. I guess I don't know what you do when you're there. Probably wheeling and dealing in the back rooms is what's actually happening. Yeah, I don't under. I don't actually understand why their presence matters. Yeah. And why their pres their their lack of presence matters, and why this is even a news story. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't quite get it. The thing that people are pointing out now, which is what a lot of people on the right are doing, and people all over the place, is the U.S. has got to be a little bit careful here because you know when it comes to human rights violations. It's not exactly as as if the U.S. has a great track record around the world of not killing you know millions of civilians when it suits our needs so they just got to be a little bit careful on that mm-hmm. uh, because china china could come out and point this out and they would be right when they said it doesn't mean that china's in the right with what they're doing to people in china but you know kind of open yourself up here to other people looking in your skeleton closet in the attic yeah. Well, this seems like it reminds me of an old, old tale I heard uh, a Facebook feud once where uh, Carol stole the broccoli recipe. <laughs> and Forgot now that and now she's not going to. And now Karen's not going to go to Carol's tea party. No. On Sunday, because she found out eight years ago that her yeah. broccoli recipe was stolen. Yeah, she's a rotten recipe stealing yeah. bee. In, in other news, Charlie, what's going on with you? She ju- stole my broccoli <laughs> casserole recipe eight years ago and said it was hers. <laughs> Tell me about the Juicy Smoothie trial that's no, going I'm on just, right now. I'm, my analogy there is this is this just seems like a bunch of toity adults. Oh, yeah. Sitting around 
You think being anyone like, actually cares? Right. They're sitting around being like, yeah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to your party. It's a bunch of virtue signaling. That you're putting on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm going to let everybody know. I'm going to make yeah. a Facebook a post that I'm not going to Carol's party. I'm not going to the party <laughs> because of this. Because I care about human rights yeah. more than everyone else. If you go, you don't care about human rights. On to more important things. And more, more important <laughs> truth. This is this is getting ridiculous with the Juicy Smoothie trial right now. Mm-hmm. By the way, I mean we'll forever call him that too. By the way, oh, I can't even read his actual name. I don't even know what it is. People say Jesse Smollett. This looks like hussy. That doesn't say Jesse, right? It says Juicy. If anything, <laughs> maybe Hussy. Maybe Hussy. Yeah, Smol. Smollier. Justice for Juicy. So Juicy Smollier testifies at his trial. There was no hoax. No hoax. Even though we practiced. <laughs> no, that there was no matter. hoax. Doesn't okay? matter. This is from the AP. Former Empire actor Juicy Smollier denied Monday that he staged an anti-gay racist attack on himself, testifying at his trial that there was no hoax and that he was the victim of a hate crime in his downtown Chicago neighborhood. Smollier! who faces charges that he lied to Chicago police about January 2019 attack, sought to refute damaging testimony from two brothers last week. They said Smoulier, who is gay and black, orchestrated the hoax to get publicity, giving them $100 for supplies and instructing them to place a noose around his neck and yell homophobic slurs. They also said Smoulier gave them a $3,500 check to carry it out. So, I mean, you know, he's an actor. Yeah, he probably told him like, "Hey, you know, put, let's do this little skit. You want to help me out with this?" Now, did he pay union wages for that? That's what I want to know for the That's acting gig. Probably the most egregious violation, yeah. depending on how many hours they worked on this. Mm. Smoulier told jurors he had just returned from a trip, and when he was walking home after buying a sandwich around two a.m. Sandwiches? Yeah, at a subway on January twenty ninth, two thousand nineteen. Oh, so this is after this is you know before this is before Jan six. So. Yeah, that's I didn't right. even know yet. When someone yelled a racist, homophobic remark, Smoulier had said he turned around to confront the person who he said towered over him. Smoulier said he assumed the person who attacked him was white because he used a racial slur and shouted MAGA country, an apparent reference to then-President Donald Trump's campaign slogan, Make America Great Again. He's actually up there saying that like this didn't, it didn't happen. I mean, they've got evidence to the contrary. They got evidence that he paid them, that they that they practiced this the day before. There's video cameras all over the place out there. Now they're going to get him for perjurous. I know. He's, he's perjurous himself. He testified that he noticed he had a noose around his neck as, it, as if the two people are walking around with a noose just mm-hmm. looking for a black guy mm-hmm. to two, scream MAGA at. Two black guys wearing MAGA hats with a noose and bleach. Walking around, looking for another in guy Chicago at two a.m. to tr- troll in the subway sandwich shops. Oh, he testified that he noticed he had a noose around his neck as he returned to his apartment. Smoulier said he removed the noose, but a friend who was at his apartment called police and told him to put the noose back on, <laughs> so officers could see it. Put it back on, man. That way they can put see the what noose they did. back on. Now, this has completely destroyed his acting career, I think. Right? Uh, well, yeah, he hasn't been able to do anything. Uh, in a in a bit now, you know, I saw that he was in the most recent Alien movie when I was looking him up, and so I watched that movie today. He was in it, and um, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen it, he dies. But I think that goes for everyone in the movie. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, he did fine. 
he did fine in that. I didn't see anyone noose him up or anything when they were in that movie, but mm-hmm. uh, they did have a racist alien tear him apart at one point. So um, he's actually homophobic a, racist alien. Yeah, yeah. The have a mag, wearing a MAGA alien hat. Yeah, it's actually tough to too. see, but if if you wear your blue glasses, you can see the red pop. Yeah. That, you know, the thing we have to take from this is just don't rush to judgment on stuff. One thing, I mean, this was uh, clear. Cl- he was clearly lying. The The story was ridiculous to start with. Mm. Everyone should have noticed that. But everyone was, oh, this is, this is exactly what the right wants. This is what the world looks like under Trump. This is what happens to gay black men every day on the streets, especially in Chicago at 2 a.m., in the morning when it's freezing cold outside, this is what you have to deal with. And it turns out the whole thing was fake. This whole this whole thing is crazy when you think about uh, the Russia hoax against Trump. You think about these types of hoax. Like they, what was playing out in real life wasn't wasn't. Um, sorry, the narrative that they were espousing to everyone wasn't playing out in real life, and so. Then they just had to start making stuff up to fit the narrative because a, bu- a bunch of regular folk were looking around being like, <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of regular folk were looking around being like, man, all this stuff you're saying about Trump, I just don't see it. Yeah. You know, in fact, in fact, this is interesting, by the way, Trump was the first presidential candidate to, in his first term as a candidate to actually be for gay rights. Because mm-hmm. remember, Barack Obama in 2008 was not yeah. for gay rights. Yeah. He openly admitted that in the, in the debates. The marriage was between one man and one woman. That quickly changed in 2010 or 11. Yeah, I don't know when they did that. Somewhere around there. Uh, but Trump was is the first one to actually support uh, gay rights and, and openly support it in a campaign. Um, and... That nothing about this was ever true, and it's just amazing to me the links that some people will go through, including all of Congress, <laughs> to try yeah. to pin something on someone or a what a certain group of people that they've grouped together uh, for a for a story, and it to made make, it, to to try to make their narrative a reality because it's not, and the 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 story is still ongoing, and what we're seeing is. It, you can literally look at all the evidence of the case and still have someone up there saying, no, no, this is made up. I actually was the victim of a hate crime. This actually did happen. Dude, no one's, no one's really going to, no one's going to believe you. You know, at this point, just come out and say, we made it up. And you could say, well, I was just trying to boost my acting career. Just say that. It was going down, you know, didn't, didn't know how long it was going to be on the Empire or whatever. And I wanted to really make a name for myself. So we staged this thing. It wasn't really... You know, about politics, I just thought that it would make me a, a, a household name with everyone. I'd be able to get any acting gig I wanted, maybe some starring roles, stuff like that. You could at least do that if you wanted to. But I no, thought it was kind of saying, funny. Yeah, yeah. Some of my friends, you know, we got together. I like how he said that he took the noose off, you know, when he got through his hotel It was a joke. Room. I wrote it in my diary. It's a joke. <laughs> he took the noose off, but his friend was like, put the noose back on for when the cops come. That way they see. Like, you couldn't show him the noose and say this was around my neck. Yeah. He's like, actually got to be there. Something, something like that. I don't know. It's, it's the whole story's crazy. The story is he still has a new song. He still got it right now, so people so can see what it looks so like. Everybody can see what it looks like. Hey, you know he's going Whatever for it. Whatever happened to that noose hanging out in the NASCAR garage? Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. With uh, uh with uh, old old Bubba. 
mm-hmm. out there. I don't know. I don't know whatever was came that of that. Real? I I missed that the end of that story. Tom said it was debunked. I thought I saw something saying that it was debunked also, and and of course some people saying that it wasn't. So I don't know. We'll we'll never know for sure. To some people in the country, it was completely real, and to some people in the country, it wasn't real, and that's yeah. how it's going to be. So let's uh, Bubba Smoulier. Bubba Smoulier. <laughs> it trends every once in a while. Bubba, uh, Bubba Wallace was out there tweeting about, I think, the Rittenhouse trial after the verdict, and Bubba Smoulier was trending on Twitter after after Bubba's tweet. You know, so he's. I don't know if he's going to live well, that down. And the thing you mentioned is this whole crying wolf thing, because there is actual racist things that do happen in society, mm-hmm. right? And I'll take the Ben Shapiro line where you point out racism. Uh, I'll stand behind you. Or if I see it myself, I'll stand behind you. But what this does is it actually completely downplays the legitimate racist things that happen in our country and more people aren't going to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. You're just, you're making it worse. And that's the thing. You're not taking the problem serious enough, actually, when that happens. It's like people equating the NFL to slavery and stuff like that. You're not actually taking the problem serious when you when you do this. And if you actually care about these hate crimes that occur around the country, things that happen to people because they're gay and black and whatever else, uh, then you wouldn't go out there and cry wolf because now sometime it might actually happen. There might there might be a copycat nooser out there that goes out there and does this and no one's going to believe it. They're just going to be trending whatever the person's name Smoothie is mm-hmm. out there. And it could have been something that actually happened. So it takes away from the times that this actually does happen, which means you're not taking it serious. Insane. All right. So yesterday on Twitter, Marjorie Taylor Greene, we'll get a little bit of libertarian inside baseball here for a minute. Marjorie Taylor Greene decided to call out Shane Hazel. All right. So let's go over what she had to say about this whole thing. I'm going to put it up here on the screen for anyone watching. She says, "Remember Ross Perot? He was great and relatable and a lot of people to a lot of people because he spoke common sense and wasn't part of the political establishment. He got nearly 19- What a crime. Yeah. What a crime. He got nearly 19% of the vote in 1992 presidential election as an independent pulling Republican votes away and Bill Clinton won. This That's- guy, Ross Perot, he spoke common sense and wasn't a part of the political yeah. establishment. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if she's saying that's a bad thing. She's just saying that this is, uh, this is what happened. Now, I'm going to have to, we're going to talk about both sides of this argument because I think it's a legitimate conversation on both sides. But she says he got nearly 19% of the vote, pulled Republican votes away, and Bill Clinton won. Now, the first thing we have to say about that is... He didn't pull Republican votes away. He won votes for himself. Mm -hmm. You you don't know for sure who the people were that would have voted for him. Maybe they wouldn't have voted at all. I don't know. Uh, Maybe they just weren't happy with either one of those, with either one of the candidates that were in there. But you can't assume that those votes belong to either one of those parties. That's vote for a person. They don't have first right of ownership over Republican and Democrats. You know, that's the first thing that really drives me nuts when people do this. Uh, The next thing, Georgia's governor seat may turn blue for a similar reason with some other factors because of our razor thin margins. A libertarian candidate in the race may pull enough votes to hand over our state to Stacey Abrams in 2022. Do you know she's running for governor in 2022? His name is Shane Hazel, and he's running again. 
All right. So once again, I guess the overall theme here is that it's bad that Shane Hazel is running. We don't want a third option. We just want to have these two terrible options. And those are the only people that you ever have a choice between, I guess. Now that's going to be the libertarian argument on this is one libertarian should be able to, uh, they should be able to put their names on the ballot and have people vote for them. You can't just say that we're going to have two parties forever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's crazy to have more competition, especially coming from someone who's on the right, which is supposed to be more in favor of competition. You can't say that, well, if we have more competition, then people are going to vote for someone else because they don't actually like us very much. So we should, they should not be an option for people. That way we can get those votes. What you could say is you need to do something to win those votes away from people. Get more votes. Don't worry about whether or not you have competition. Mm-hmm. Don't try and get rid of the competition. All right, this goes on. She did eight tweets. I only pulled four of them, I think. We'll see. Shane Hazel ran for Congress in 2018 in the Republican primary, pulling 28%. Then ran again for Senate in 2020 as a Libertarian candidate against David Perdue and also against John Ossoff. He was uh, running against both those guys, not just the Republican. He was running against both of those guys because they were both also on the ticket. Hazel's 115,000 votes combined with some unresolved voter fraud issues were just enough to force a runoff. That's also the fact that your guy didn't get enough votes is the other thing yeah that that maybe people need to pay attention to the disaster and how many people voted out of everyone in in the district for senate yeah i mean we like have half the people we so, have a total i don't know how many are in the district we have a total of four points four point eight four point nine million votes four yeah four four million nine hundred fifty two thousand votes in this race there's probably Another million or two people, at least. I know there's actually a lot of uh, really high voter turnout in that election. There's probably a couple million more people. That didn't even vote. That that didn't vote in the thing. Those are the people you need to be talking to. Yeah. Do they have any bearing on the fact that there was a runoff at all? No, it's just the fact that they had competition. Mm. You don't want to have competition in this thing. She goes on. The disaster in the Senate runoff for January on January 5th gave our Georgia Senator Senate seat to John Ossoff, who had previously lost his bid for Congress. And there is a whole lot to that story and may play out in a very important 2022 Georgia governor race. And she finished up this whole thing. That single digit vote percentage for the libertarian governor's candidate, Shane Hazel, combined with too many unsafe absentee ballots and still angry Republican voters not voting will be the deciding factors that give Stacey Abrams what she doesn't deserve. It's a game of inches. <laughs> now, listen, you can make the argument that Stacey Abrams doesn't deserve to be the governor of Georgia. I would actually join in with you on that argument, that she doesn't need to be the governor of Georgia. But if she gets more votes than the other candidates do, that's how elections work. And you can't say that because there was someone else who threw their name in the ring and and you would like it that there wouldn't be someone else, that there would only be two, and then one of them ends up with more votes than the other ones, that that means she didn't deserve it? I don't, I don't understand that logic behind the argument. Now, there's a libertarian side of the argument where we talk about it would be better long-term strategy sometimes. I'm sorry. Pardon me. With all due respect. It would if be, you'll excuse me. If you'll, pardon, if you'll excuse me. Sir, if you'll pardon me. Uh, it would be better long term that we don't just have a bunch of crazy leftist Democrats elected everywhere. I think we've seen during the whole COVID thing 
that even though we don't like what a lot of the Republicans out there do on a daily basis, that the Republican states have been better states to live in because they've been less likely to take away basic liberties from people during this entire thing. And so maybe it's better that there's a Republican than if there's a Democrat in there. And what I would say is if there's a good Republican candidate on the ballot, I don't actually know anything about Kemp. I haven't paid attention to any of the Georgia politics. If there's a good Republican candidate on the ballot, it would not behoove the libertarians to, to put up someone against that person, that maybe the money would not be well spent and maybe it would be better for the Republican to win. Unless your goal, unless one of your goals is to bring about the demise of the country even quicker. <laughs> and that's it's, something, it's, could you know, be entirely possible. That's a strategy too. And you know, maybe this isn't that situation. I'm not really saying this, you know, I'm not saying this to Shane, like drop out of the race or anything, because if you want to run, you should run. And the people running against you should try to get more votes than the other people. That's what they should do. Yeah. Get more votes than the other people. This is a meritocracy. Yeah. And, you know, is it likely? An unfair meritocracy, by the way. Is it likely the libertarians get more more Republican-ish votes, people that might have voted for the Republican? But there's also libertarians out there that are going to go for the libertarian. And if they're not there, then it doesn't mean that they're necessarily just going to go vote for the Republican or the Democrat. They might just not vote. So what I'm saying is there are, you know, there are some pieces to each one of these arguments, but the, what they need to focus on is if there's someone running in the race, which should happen, we need competition in our races, then just focus on getting more votes. Just get more votes than the other people. Just do a little bit. You only, you know, 115,000 votes went to shame. If you want to get those votes, you can either be more enticing to those people than a vote for Shane would be, or you can get 115,000 of the 2 million people that didn't vote to come out there and vote for you. Uh, that, should be what, that should be what they focus on, not like trying to take out Shane, because that's only going to help him. That's the one thing people don't get. This is only going to help him. I, I will say, on the, on the other side of things, that she's not wrong. It is a game of inches. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the data, when it comes to actually winning office, you're only looking at like 8% of the vote is what you're trying to persuade. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're for the most part, your Democrats are going to vote Democrat and your Republicans are going to vote Republicans. And it's the people who are undecided. It's about 8% of the vote who are undecided of what's actually going to swing that in a particular uh, district when it's up in the air. Um, so it is a game of inches. However, I'll agree with you that whatever vote tally the Libertarian Party gets um, either the Republican or Democrats, if they want some of that vote, then they're going to have to appease to the people voting for that thing. We can talk about whether or not it's really good and the razor thin margins for someone to go out there and run and all that, but we're not addressing the actual problem, which is that if you want to win an election, you need to get more votes than the other people. And that's the problem that you need to actually work on solving. And you don't do that by trying to take other people out of the race. You can do that. Republicans have been doing that quite a bit. What do you got to get? 25,000 signatures in Tennessee to be listed as a libertarian on the ballot. They've obviously been trying to... I think it's more than that now. Is it more? I think so. It's they a ridiculous raising. number. It's like it's like 50 for a Republican or Democrat. 25. And, and uh, 25. 25. And in the tens of thousands of signatures, if you want to be a libertarian on the ballot, it's, uh, it's a completely... It's so blatantly obvious what they're trying to do. 
and everyone's just everyone's just fine with it. And they're waiting on now. You got to wait for either Republicans or Democrats to change the rules for you to be able to get in there. And it's just it's just not going to happen. That's not the way that you should be winning the elections. And it is, you know, it's good to have some competition. Maybe Kemp will see this and he'll say, you know, those people that would go vote for Shane. Maybe I need to say a few things or do a few things that would entice those people. You know, maybe I need to do something a little bit more libertarian or anti-establishment or something like that. Maybe I should virtue signal to those people for the months leading up to the election so they'll come vote for me and then not do anything like that whatsoever afterwards. But um, that's a, I just don't like the idea that to win, we should take away competition. That's not what we like in business. That's not what you should like in, in, in life. You know, I don't want to go take out all of Charlie's other potential friends so he'll be my friend or anything. Like, just stop him from hanging out with any of those people that will hang out with me. That's not real. That's not good. I got to win in the in the free market. But whatever Marjorie Taylor Greene's strategy was, it, it completely is going to work against her. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing, folks. Any publicity is good publicity. Mm-hmm. Now Shane is in front of her 300-something thousand followers. But not only that, all the people who hop on her page and, you know, combat things and send death threats and stuff. Now they, they have someone else that they can... To tell all their friends about. Yeah, this it, was just an advertisement for Shane Hazel. That's all it was. Literally. Because it doesn't matter what you say about the person when you're trying to convince other people. It literally just lets it be known that this person exists. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, what? There's a libertarian running. What's that all about? Well, right. now you just you, it, you made it worse for yourself. All right. The so. next one's awesome. I can, I'm ready for the language change for, up again. Is this for Daisy? <laughs> yeah, just for Daisy. Daisy, this is for you. <laughs> Trickle D uh, from Politico. Democrats fall flat with Latinx language. <laughs> As Democrats seek to reach out to Latino voters in a more gender neutral way, they've increasingly begun using the word Latinx, a term that first began to get traction among academics and activists on the left. Notice how it didn't get traction among actual Latinos and Latinas. That's for Costco too, but Costco, I mean, Charlie's not going to, he doesn't want to talk to you right now. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're just not going to get any recognition from Charlie. This is just for people who stand with me. (laughs) Okay. But that very effort could be counterproductive in courting those of Latin America descent, (laughs) according to a new nationwide poll of Hispanic voters. Only 2% of those polled refer to themselves as Latinx, while 68% call themselves Hispanic and 21% favored Latino or Latina to describe their ethnic background, according to the survey from Ben Dixon and Amandi International, a top Democratic firm specializing in Latino outreach. It's only 2% polled. Yeah. It's just not catching on. Let's poll all of the um, Latin American folks here. What do you guys prefer? What do you... (laughs) gals or guy prefer we have at least two in in the group <laughs> i don't even know if i can repeat that. i'm not sure what the rules are i feel i'm not I would sure feel bad I'm not repeating sure what the rules are on, on there but that is hilarious <laughs> that is hilarious this is daisy's words not mine literally i will take a screenshot of this but daisy said she prefers <laughs> beaners <laughs> Phoenix, Phoenix. That's <laughs> that's what she prefers. <laughs> okay, moving on. 
More problematic for Democrats, 40% said Latinx brothers or... Uh, bothers. Sorry. <laughs> said Latinx bothers or offends them to some degree, and 30% said that they would be less likely to support a politician or organization that uses the term. The numbers suggest that using Latinx is a violation of the political Hippocratic Oath, which is to first do no electoral harm, said pollster. Fernand Amandi, whose firm advised Barack Obama's successful Hispanic outreach nationwide and his two presidential campaigns. Why are we using a word that is preferred by only 2% but offends as many as 40% of those voters who we want to win? Amandi emphasized that he wasn't blaming the erosion of Latino support for Democrats merely on the use of the word Latinx. By the, voters the, before started, we go on this, I have to tell you, they're going to start shifting the blame here because it's so unpopular. And I love it. It's beautiful to okay. watch this happen in real time. Hispanic voters have started shifting right for a myriad of reasons, he said, chiefly because of more aggressive engagement from Republicans who have weaponized culture war issues at the margins with Hispanic voters. That's why Latinx people are shifting right is because Republicans have weaponized culture cult war issues. Mm -hmm. It's not like through any free thought, free thinking of ideas like beliefs that you might have as an individual it couldn't be anything. that the left weaponized culture war no at all it's that the default position is that if you are a member of a minority group you are first owned by the democrats and if any republicans have obtained ownership of any of those minorities then it's because of their weaponizing of culture wars that's how these people think of this and i say these people in a derogatory way mm -hmm. that's how these pollsters and these people on the left think of this is they're losing ownership. Yeah. And that's how they, it's because they, it's literally a narcissistic trait, by the way. They think so highly of themselves mm -hmm. that there's no way anyone else would deviate from them unless they're the ones that have a problem. Well, you also can't say that Latinos and Latinas would go towards the right because then they'll have to start demonizing those people as domestic terrorists. And that's going to make it really uncomfortable too. To, to lump all of those people in when they're talking about people on the right. Because mm -hmm. now you're demonizing members of a minority group. Mm -hmm. And you can't possibly do that. So it's, they have had their, they, ha, it's, they have had their minds corrupted through this weaponized political rhetoric from the right. So it's not, it's not through any free decisions that anyone has made. It's that they've been corrupted by people on the right. It's so amazing. While it's this and this gaslighting is pure, mm -hmm. I mean they're they're getting it's real. They're getting real good at it. While activists and academics for the past decade have actively supported and adopted Latinx, it has only been in recent probably terms that white people came up with. Oh yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. It has only been in recent <laughs> years that the term has grown in prominence and drawn pushback from those opposed to its usage as an alternative that doesn't follow the uh, that doesn't follow the gender binary in the Spanish language. By the way, not only the Spanish language, but many others. Mm -hmm. uh, Italian is also a, a romantic language, um, among many others. Those are just two off the top of my head. The term has become more politicized in recent years as the right has increasingly highlighted its use in an effort to portray Democrats as too out of touch or at least worthy of scorn. Quote, by insisting on using the incorrect term Latinx, progressives are engaging in a type of cultural Marxism, a recast of societal norms. Latinos don't use the term, only upper-educated white liberals who hardly interact with the Latino community. 
I believe that every time they use the term Latinx, they lose another Latino vote. And I think that's true. I think that's true too, but I, I like how they also, once again, because the what the polling showed was that it's very, um, it's not only that people don't use it, it's offensive and it's un, it's very unpopular and maybe offensive to a lot of people who may fall into this category that we've created for people. 30% said they would be less likely to support a politician. And so then they're saying that it's only politi- it's it's only important because the right has politicized its usage and that's why it's been so active in the last little bit is because the right is making it such a big deal. Actually, we weren't making it a very big deal that we needed to say this. We weren't really pushing it down anyone's throats or anything. It's the right that is saying this. It's crazy. It's craziness, absolute craziness. You got anything else on this, Charlie? Are you um I don't. You okay? All I right. don't. Well, what's happening right now is we have a um, a battle going on in our live group. Oh, okay, okay. Between uh, two Spanish speakers, mm. two of our. I noticed I couldn't read anything here for the last little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what they're saying. I think Costco is still hating on me. <laughs> I'm and, sure. Uh, Daisy sticking up for me. Okay, that's what I'm. That's what I think I'm gathering, uh, but I have no idea, <laughs> no clue, yeah, at all. If we could get some translations, that would be that's, great. That'd be great. Okay, we talked a little I think, bit. I think one's a Latino and the other's a Latina. That's what I think is happening. Yeah, but don't quote me on that because I don't know what their preferred mm, mm, see, gender, see, of their see. ethnicity is. If somebody could help me. Stacey Abrams from MSNBC. We'll we'll uh, we'll get to one more kind of ridiculous thing. It's almost a dumb bleep Tuesday. What's happening right now? But this is just the news. Okay, we talked a little bit earlier. Obviously, that Stacey Abrams is going to be running for governor of Georgia. So Stacey Abrams. This is from MSNBC. Stacey Abrams' run for Georgia governor will test GOP voter suppression. So that we're we're. We're starting up once again the voter suppression talk. And of course, with Stacey Abrams running for governor, if she does lose, it's going to be, be because of the voter suppression that has happened in Georgia. That's the only reason. It's not that she's, you yeah, know, couldn't uh, be any other reason. That's, that's not it at all. She's actually already owed this. She's technically the governor of Georgia right now. We already, you know, we already know that. They're just trying to see if they're actually going to give it to her or not. Stacey Abrams announced Wednesday she's running for governor, setting up a likely rematch with Republican Governor Brian Kemp and Shane Hazel. And Abrams' run will have a real-time test of whether Republican efforts to block voters from the polls can be overcome without federal intervention. Abrams only narrowly lost to Kemp in 2018, with less than two percentage points separating them. Since then, she's been focused on protecting voting rights and expanding access to the polls for voters. This is a ridiculous article. Charlie's not hearing any of it, so I'll do this. Since then, Kemp and Georgia's GOP-dominated legislature have made a win for Abrams even more of an uphill climb. We have to set up just how difficult this is going to be to get over all of these restrictions that have been enacted in Georgia. In March, Georgia became one of 19 states so far this year to enact new election laws restricting voters' ability to cast their ballots. 
Georgia's law also made it easier for the legislature to take over local election boards, raising the possibility of Republicans manipulating the outcome of races. Mm. So maybe now we're going to be questioning the outcome of the race because Republicans might be manipulating the outcome See, of the race. they're setting this up beforehand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to get everyone ready for it because when you're, if your side loses, you're like, oh man, it must have been because of this thing. And, to, and the right does this too, also, by the way. They were talking about all types of voter fraud that was going on in the, like in Virginia, people were talking about voter fraud already, just in case. So if the Virginia race didn't go the way that they wanted it to, the people could fall back on the, oh, well, it must have been the voter fraud. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's what it was. Both sides do this. There's fine people on both sides. Yep. Not my president was trending 2016. Yeah. Um, let's see. In testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee in April, Abrams was asked to list her issues with a bill she delivered, rattling off a litany of problems from the reduction in hours that drop boxes can be used to turn in ballots to basically banning nearly all provisional out-of-precinct votes cast. Quote from the NAACP, we cannot out-organize voter suppression. So already getting on this train right now. There's evidence. Now, this is where the really interesting part comes in. You can see why they're actually doing this. They accidentally say it at the end of the article. So, what, what does he actually mean, by the way? We cannot out-organize voter suppression. So what they're saying is... We're making it really difficult to cheat. Okay? Yeah, so the, well, so <laughs> the point of the article is, for her to win, she's going to have to pull so many people to overcome all of the voter restrictions and voter suppression and that that's going to be the battle, that they have to they have to out-organize, they have to bring more people in to vote than they would normally have to because all of the voter suppression that's happening in Georgia. So they have to overcome, they have to wage this courageous battle against all the voter suppression that's happened in Georgia. Mm. There's evidence that the efforts the White House is describing can work. Uh, the Huffington Post pointed out, so what the White House is describing is that we have to get out the word that there's a bunch of voter suppression in Georgia that they're restricting people's access to vote. People don't have the right to vote anymore. And so the White House is saying, we got to get the word out on that. And they say there's evidence that what the White House is saying can actually work. Uh, Huffington Post noted that a handful of studies show voters respond to news that their group is targeted by an attempt to suppress their votes with anger and counter-mobilization. What are they saying right there? They're saying that telling people that they are being suppressed and their votes... will make them go try it out. Will get them out to vote, which is them telling you why they are talking about this in the first place, actually, mm-hmm. without it even needing to happen. Yeah. They can talk about how people are being restricted and suppressed because it actually gets more people out to vote. It's like, hey, you're not allowed to vote. And then a lot of people are like, yeah, watch me. Yeah. See, see I can go vote. Well, and they say, well, we got to go out and vote because they're going to suppress all these votes out there. They're going to keep so many people down. I got to go out there and make my voice heard because so many people can't go out there and vote because of all these rules. I mean, they're, you'd have to cast a vote at a time that the Dropbox is available. Which is erroneous. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, and everyone knows that White people have no problem getting to that drop box during that amount of time. And they know black people can't get to this drop box during that amount of time. It's just not possible. Mm-mm. That's what they're saying. I can't. The freaking racism not, that comes from these people is. They're not capable. No, not capable of mm-hmm. doing things in the hours that they're open or anything like that. Also, they're going to have, maybe they'll have something like voter ID. Oh my God. That'd be ridiculous. Also, we shouldn't let anyone do anything if they don't have a vaccination card, you know? All you got to do is, instead of a voter ID law, 
what they should propose is that you have to have your Vax ID card to vote. Now, the right would be really upset about that. Then they would have to overcome the voter suppression. But then it would force the left to confront this idea that still to vote, you would have you would have had to have present an ID sometime and gone and gotten the vaccine and had this ID that you had to present because they're saying you should have that ID to do everything already. But if you if you require some kind of ID to go vote, then that's racist. Obviously. Yeah, you can't even get in your car and drive no. unless you have a vaccine. No. I got pulled over the other day. It was license, registration, and vaccine card. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, no, yeah. It's the, it's the three. Yeah. LRV. So License, registration, vaccine card. I tweeted this out yesterday. It's... um. It, oh, it, in, I forgot about insurance. There's four now. It, it is something that needs pointed out. Before the whole COVID thing, we were talking, and still some now, that how racist and restrictive voter ID was. And... Now, people on the left are arguing that you have to have an ID to, to do anything. To do anything outside of your house, you need to have an ID to go Literally do that. anything. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Not racist at all. Nothing wrong with that. What, where, what's the disconnect here I'm, I'm missing? Do you have to have a, any kind of identification when you get your vaccine? Do you know? I'm, I'm, do you have to show who you are to get your vaccine? I think I think I did have to get provide my license. I think I did. That's what I've heard is that you did have to. They had to take present a, an yeah, ID when they you had did to take it. A copy of I don't remember because I'm so privileged. Well, you don't even have to think about that. It's not something that you it's even not worry something about. I worry about. I yeah. just went there because yeah. I knew that my license was in my wallet mm-hmm. because of my privilege. Because you have a wallet because you have money and, and things to carry around. So you're, yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. So I've got like a little bit of cash, some credit cards all kinds of privileged things that they just give me. And I graduated high school. They just gave, they just gave me this. They stuff. gave you everything. They set up a bank account with wealth in it immediately. I actually didn't even have to graduate high school. They just gave me the diploma because mm-hmm. they knew I was going to graduate. See, see. And yeah, see. I got you. <laughs> totally got you. Oh, a little tidbit of information. I tweeted this out earlier and it was going pretty well, but you know, the inflation's pretty crazy right now. Um, I think it was hitting around six, 6.2%, something like that. If you have a savings account with $10,000 in it and we stick around an average of 5% inflation for 10 years, at the end of that 10 years, your $10,000 would be worth $6,135 at the end of that. The $35 part's questionable. I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. 6100 something is what it would be worth afterwards. So inflation's a real thing that's happening right now. And I just thought that that little bit of information for you, inflation is a tax, and it is a tax on people who can least likely afford it. All right, so we need to pay attention to the economics and not just all this dumb voter suppression, juicy smoothie talk. But according time, to modern you know, monetary theory, Nate, that doesn't matter. Yeah, you just because the government has to create the dollars. <laughs> that's gonna have to go for so they'll just for dumb bleep. They'll just create more of them. You have to send me the video you told me that's about. That's what I'll do. We need to tear apart this TEDx, this TED talk. Oh, it was a TED talk, the whole thing. I found a TED talk. Oh God, it's so bad. I can't watch it. I can't. It's pretty bad. I don't want to put myself through that. It's like self. Why did you watch it? Because I was just so ena- enamored. Ugh. And by the, by, what was going on? See, I can handle dumb tweets. Well, I can't spend half an hour. Your blood pressure's going up minutes. thinking about it. I know. I can't. I can't it's do it. You're gonna have to send like me the 20 clips. Minute, Twenty minute TED talk or something like that. Just mm-hmm. modern monetary theory TED talk. Love it. Okay. 
let's go. It's it was home. It was crazy. Yeah, absolutely nuts. I'll show it to you after we get done. Oh my god, I can't. I'm going to crack into those beers in the fridge. I'll give you a glimpse of it. I'm going to drink all those beers. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's show, as I'm sure that you did, then make sure you hit that follow button, like we told you at the beginning. Um, Several folks said it was their number one podcast on Spotify, which is really cool, and we appreciate that. So please hit that follow button, and uh, maybe next year during your Spotify wrap, you can be number one too. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would appreciate that. Share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, your siblings, and your cousins and little children. Definitely the children, Mm -hmm. as long as they're vaccinated. Yes. Ask for their vaccination card. Mm-hmm. I don't actually care about their ID. <laughs> Just make sure they have a vaccination card, especially those five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. They're tyrannical. Very dangerous. Omicron infested five-year-olds running around getting grandma sick. It just, it just grinds my bones, you know? So share it with them. Make sure they know the truth. And leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to YouTube. We're getting more YouTube subscribers. We're almost there. So if you haven't done that yet, if you only do one of these things, and I want you to do all of them, but if you only do one, it's subscribe to YouTube right now. Just do that. One simple thing. Look up Good Morning Liberty on YouTube and hit that subscribe button, please. Also, go to TikTok. That's what everyone's doing right now. You know, we have a video that I posted on Saturday that has 365,000 views right now since Saturday. It keeps going. Gained a few thousand more followers on there. So that's where all the cool kids are. Make sure you go listen. Listenership is up 13% compared to last month, which is good because we've been going up every month. Yeah. This is like our weekly report to the the subscribers. But I do do want you to hit... (laughs) I want you to hit that YouTubes, please. Yep. Do it. And good morning, Liberty Locals.com. I think that's all the housekeeping. I just keep, okay. I just keep going okay. on all the ads for ourselves. They're not ads. Though. We haven't been subjecting people to ads very often, so I put them in afterwards. If you all do all of those things, or at least one of them, just one. I'm asking for which one. Which one do you want them to do? YouTube mainly, but if they, <laughs> I don't, you know, if they just do one of them. Then uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. I hope y'all have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.